Welcome, cabineers, to the Creepy Cabin Podcast. Possibly intro pending, I don't know. We might come up with something better. We might. Cabineers, though, what do you think about that? I like the name Cabineers. I, I just came up with it. It's a very good name. <laughs> so today, what movie did we watch? The Conjuring 2. Yep, so we started with The Conjuring 1 originally, and now we busted out The Conjuring 2. So you should We're go in order. Fully prepared now. For The Conjuring 3 when it comes out on June 4th. On June 4th. So we will be taking a break from The Conjuring, unfortunately, because of the time. What are we doing next week? We'll be, I don't know, we're figuring that out. It will not <laughs> It will not be a movie one. I have some ideas. I think we might either be talking about spooky fork, fork, fork lore, folklore. Spooky forklifts. <laughs> spooky forklifts. You heard it first. Or scary experiences that we've had. We've got options. But okay. it'll be like a talkie talk episode. So we do have options. We're all talkie talk episodes. Now, let's explain. What did we do today? We did something kind of fun. That we haven't done in over a year. We went out to a bar. Yep. I had a cocktail. I had also a drink. And, and lots of fries and greasy food inside of a bar. I miss bar fries. I just... How weird was it going in, though? It was weird. We I... got to the door, right? And we were like, what do we do? Do we put masks on? Because we're uh, fully vaccinated. We're fully vaccinated. We don't have to. I don't even know if it's legal or what. But we went in there. We put our masks on. I looked around. We were the only ones wearing masks. So I felt stupid. People were looking at us like, why do you have masks on? This is a bar. Nobody cares about health here. And so I took it off. And that felt weird. And then the waitress had a, a mask on. And I was like, do we have to wear masks? She said, no, only we have to wear masks. So that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was breaking the law. Breaking the law. Felt, breaking the law. It, it felt wrong, but it was awesome. It was fun. And it was delicious. And then we got to the party store and it said, masks required if not fully vaccinated, which was nice because I thought there were requiring it basically everywhere maybe not bars maybe not restaurants because you have to eat it's stupid stupid that you'd be wearing a mask just to take the mask off to eat so how did you like the movie i enjoyed it good so it was i guess a love story it was oh my god let's talk about that talk about that (laughs) so in order to convince you to watch this movie i originally told you it was a love story yep and you're a girl so i thought that would work and then you're like, oh, who's the love story between? I said, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yep. And then you said, oh, I thought they were married. And then I said, they are married. And then you said, oh, so is this like a flashback? <laughs> <laughs> then it's dawning on me <laughs> that you don't think there can be a love story between two married people. That's in my defense, that is not exactly where my brain was going. Okay, where was your brain going? Because that's what it sounded like. In my brain, it's in movies and movies and movies and film. That's the same thing. Movies Movies and and like TV and everything. Rarely does a love story focus on a married couple. If they're going to focus on an established relationship, they tend to do it in flashbacks. But I read fan fiction. I know what an established relationship is. I know what an established relationship is because I'm in one too, if you will. You know, we've been married for a while, together for a while. Oh, so like, is this like at the end of their relationship and they're about to get divorced? Is that? I did not say that. So they're like cheating on each other? Yeah, no. Okay. No, but I know what an, you should have just said it was an established relationship, but there would have been no (laughs) confusion. Yeah, it's a it's a standard ER. Is that, I don't know. Is <laughs> I don't know what the acronym this? is. I don't think there is one. <laughs> but what did you think about the love story itself? It was cute. Cute. Yeah. I thought it was cute too. Like there were parts where my I'm like welling up and like how much did I drink today? Yeah. 
drink where, a lot. You know, when they're talking to the girl, it's like, you know what I did when I found someone believed in me? What? Married him. Yep, and then, like, it comes back around comes where he's talking around. to her. You know what I did? You fo- you bloody married her. Yep, you did. Her British accents. I know, I love that. <laughs> That's the one, like, pro that this movie has over the other movie is all the English accents. Yes, and to get to make sure you knew it was in the 70s in the UK they just did punk rock music at yeah. the beginning well that's how you know it's in the the UK it's yeah like, that's London that too calling. we wouldn't have known yeah. not for that song <laughs> that it was in London yeah, we were talking about that with the other song was what's your name Who, who's, who's your, your daddy? daddy yeah that's how they let you know it's in the 70s mm-hmm. London calling is how they let you know that it's in London yeah i feel like it took them half a second to come up with this. They're like, you know what? We have a brilliant song. Oh, I know a good song. Yeah. <laughs> London Calling. Mm-hmm. Open right. that page. So, <laughs> this intro was pretty sick, I thought. So, it takes place in the Amityville house. Mm-hmm. Now, why didn't they make a whole movie based on this? I don't know, because one already exists. Okay. A couple. Yeah, a few more than one. Yeah. Could they get away with making a conjuring that takes place in Amityville? Probably not. I think that's why they just sort of threw it in at the beginning because of the movie. Because everyone would get very, very offended because anytime there's a remake, everyone's first reaction is fucking offended. It's not technically a remake though. Because it's I don't know. It's the Warren's Yeah, it is the Warren's in involvement. Amityville. Oh, okay, so it wouldn't be the whole I haven't seen Amityville, so I don't know how much oh, the Warrens are in it. I thought you saw part of it. Part of it, but like I'm going to remember things. Oh, I'm just going to remember snippets of it when I see it. I we're, can't wait to see Amityville. We're, well, we're not going to do that for a while because we have to read the book first. How long do you think it's going to take? I me? don't know. So I'm into chapter two. All, no, I read three chapters. Oh already. my gosh. I'm doing pretty good. That's very good for you. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I fought, I, I'm not being um, condescending with that. I truly mean that's very good for you, which I feel like that sounds even more condescending. <laughs> So do I go get a gold sticker for this Ooh, one? Get a gold sticker. I so don't know why I have an accent for that. Probably could not make an Amityville movie. So they threw it in as an intro. Mm-hmm. And this was a pretty sick intro. It really was. Now, I was t- talking to you earlier. I thought maybe one of the greatest horror movie screams ever was in this movie. Yes. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. Was it the beginning? It was the beginning. Okay. You know, kind of like that. Yeah. It was a little better than that. Yeah. So, we looked up some of the best horror movie screams of all time, and then we got bored, so there's like seven on there. Okay. So, we missed some of them. It's okay. We're going to have Eliza edit it for us. <laughs> Eliza, introduce yourself, please. Hello, I am Eliza, the posh robot who occasionally corrects your beloved hosts. Okay, so this first scream... Janet Lee in Psycho. What did you think about that one? That was a pretty good scream. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty classic, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all heard the scream. We love the noise. Mm-hmm. Oddly sexy. I guess. <laughs> well, she's super hot. She's in a shower, and then she's getting stabbed to death. Yeah, that's that's hot. No, not the last part. I mean, like, so hot. she's hot. And in you the want to pretend that you're the one stabbing her. This is not at all what I mean. I'm... I, I wanted to maybe talk about 
Because, like, this happens a lot. There's always, like, a hot girl getting murdered. Why is that? Misogyny. Okay. That's your answer? That's my answer. That's a boring answer. That's, that's what it is. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. Yeah. So, there we go. We're in agreement. <laughs> But yeah, I always kind of felt that was weird. But uh-huh. they always do have this like sexiness thrown in with because a chick getting murdered. They the primary audience for these movies are men, and most men are not going to want to see a naked wet man screaming and being murdered. Ugh! Ugh! Oh my wiener! Like that? Yeah. Oh, I'm slipping. Just slipping on in. That's true. I feel like this is kind of going away. Did this start with Psycho? Like, is this the first movie to really do that? I don't know. We probably should have done some research on this. Uh, that's not what we're all about here at the Creepy Cat. I podcast. did research before. Okay. The... That's not what half of us are here to do. Yeah. Research like a bunch of nerds. I'm, I'm just... a fucking Ravenclaw! Okay. I'm okay. pointing to my Ravenclaw okay. banner. But anyway, what's the next scream, Eliza? <sighs> Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, there was vaguely sexy undertones with that. Oh, she's super sexy. And why was she giggling? It sounded like at the end. Oh, because you haven't seen the movie. You oh, know what's going I don't know on what's going this. on. So is this she is being tickled to death? She's getting tickled to death. <laughs> How wholesome! Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The tickling. <laughs> Fun <laughs> horror movies where you know Leatherface comes out and just starts tickling Tickle, these, tickle. hot ass girls. But again, like there's the the, the the horror in her voice, but also some of that could have been a little less like she's being rammed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. What? The, where'd you get that? I don't know. Oh, she sounds like she's being rammed. <laughs> so she's getting tickled, being rammed, murdered. All, all of these things. <laughs> Well, the tickling and the laughter go together. All right. Well, we're definitely going to see this one, so maybe I won't go into what's going on in this scene. Yeah. That's a fun one. All right, Eliza, what do you have next? The Wilhelm scream. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about that one? Again, there's the weird undertones, but hey, it was a guy this time, so... And I've very heard... Very sexual. Not just the very... very sexual At energy. the end, but... Um... <sighs> A little bit like that. But yeah, at least it was a guy this time, and I've heard the scream. You've I mean, heard this I one? believe everyone has. Okay, yeah, this is the most played stock scream in movies, I'm pretty sure. Very famous scream. You yeah. In Star Star Wars, I almost said Star Trek. <laughs> Maybe it's in Star Trek too. I don't know. Based on some guy who said this, who screamed this in a movie. Was his name Wilhelm? It Wilhelm? Was. <laughs> yeah. He was like the third movie to use the screen, but the first one people noticed. Oh, what was the first movie? Do you know? Nope. Putting you on the spot. Could have researched this one. Eliza, yeah. you can chip in later if Thanks. you want to. No, you're doing great. This was like the third movie or whatever to use this scream. Thank you, Eliza. Speaking of Eliza, what do we have next? Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. That one sounded just like a scream. I would say there were no undertones there. Yeah. You thought there were undertones? Uh, it just wasn't. It's not doing anything for me. Like, that scream wasn't all that sexy. Yeah. You're part of the problem. What do you mean? What does that You're mean? You're part of the problem. Are you calling me a misogynist? Yes. 
I just like good screams. Okay, that. But then why'd you pick that one? You. This was part of the list. You know what? This is one of the all-time favorite screams in horror movies. This is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. In Halloween. And you don't seem like you're a fan. I don't know. I think it's okay. I think it's a little overrated. It's a fine scream. I like it. It's fine. I like the rating. Not the best scream. The best that we've had so far. <laughs> All right. Okay, Eliza, what is the next one? The creepy bear in Annihilation. Okay, so you have seen Annihilation with me. No, I don't think so. Are you positive? I don't remember the scream. You don't remember the scream? No. Are you, is this a bear that's screaming? Oh my god. I, I You've not seen this? I've not seen Annihilation. With Natalie Portman, right? No. Oh my god. Wait. Are you maybe. sure? Because I thought you'd seen this. They go into the wilderness. There's like that stuff that looks like bubbles. <laughs> you know, like when you get bubble juice in a puddle. Does this have the tree people? Tree people? No, I'm thinking about something else. Where the people turn into trees? Uh, I think that might be what you're thinking of. Annihilation? Yeah. Oh, okay, then I've seen it. I don't remember the bear. You don't remember the bear? No. We might have to look at the bear scene. Okay. It was like, you know how everything gets melded together? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think so. This was, one of their friends got killed by, like, this monster bear. Yeah. And then it sort of melded together. So there's this big skeleton bear that's, like, they're all tied up, and there's, like, this bear that's roaming around. And when it talks, it makes that noise because it melded with her as she was dying. Oh, nope. Don't remember this. Now, this one is a super awesome scream. Super creepy. Okay. Kind of hardly counts because there's so much different effects going on. But I do really like this scream. Eliza, cue it up. Vera Farmiger in The Conjuring 2. That was a good scream. Sexy, right? You're the end there, yeah. Woo! Hey, yeah, and there was a man voice, too. Oh, are you all right? Got, got the comfort in. Dude, that, ooh, that is blood-curdling. It is. I love that scream. And that one, I mean, they, they're all genuine fear because, like, something insane has happened or they're being stabbed or tickled. I don't know what's happening in some of them. But, like, <laughs> that one, I don't know. It did seem a bit more visceral, I guess. Yeah. It seemed like a very realistic fear. Now, you think of the Jamie Lee Curtis one, didn't sound like she was really scared to me. I guess it sounded like she was playing at being scared. <laughs> one could say you know? acting at being scared. Mm-hmm. There was another one that I should have gotten where uh, in this movie, the little girl Janet. When, like, the guy comes up behind her, the ghost guy, you're like, my house! Nah. And then she just does, like, this pretty sick scream. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I got it. Madison Wolf in The Conjuring 2. My house! Well, I was very impressed just thinking about, like, where do you find kids who can act this good? I mean, have you seen some of the dramas that our son comes up with in his head that you're usually working but he has some dramas where he's yelling at his, I don't know, Sala sometimes. Yeah. It also might be easier for a kid to scream. Yeah, he scream. Yeah. Because Have you heard our kids screaming? Logan kind of sounds like that pretty sick scream that Janet does in the movie. Constantly. Maybe one day we'll just have our kids scream into the mic for you guys. I, I tried to do that and you didn't like it. I was trying to do an <laughs> intro. I, was, I just said, okay. kids, start screaming. And then they scream for like 10 minutes and I was going to sample the best parts and Ash was like I hate that I hate every part of this <laughs> my everyday life <laughs> and I don't want to hear it anyway the beginning of the conjuring very nice intro to conjuring 2 it's a love story 
What else? Okay, so so let's talk about this movie some more. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you noticed? Anything? Anything that came out? Well, we already talked about the music. Should we just should we just do an overview of the movie? Oh yeah, you go ahead and start. Me, yeah, man? yeah. I did I did the overview last time. Yeah. Okay. So this is about a dad who leaves his practice family, <laughs> and then they get haunted. They get haunted, and he gets brand new twins. But that's a spoiler alert. So my bad. Spoiler alert. We're talking about the movie. <laughs> we assume that they've seen the movie or don't care to have it spoiled. That's true. I like when Janet is caught smoking. Sort of. She gets yelled at by her mom. She's like, Janet, you've been smoking. And then she immediately takes a cigarette and puts it in her mouth. You know, that was the 70s. Also, the teacher smoked when she took it away from the two girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all, away. all smoking. Like, Am I crikey? How you so kids crikey. be smoking like this? And it was a very intense scene because prior, right before the kids walk in, school got out. So the kids are coming home and the mom's on the phone with someone, I think, about the rent possibly i don't remember but she's not receiving child support or whatever the british equivalent is and so she can't pay for things and then all this is going on you've got the little boy who was asking for biscuits which andrew did not realize biscuits were crack were cookies he thought they were bread which <laughs> that took me a minute I, I know they call them biscuits but i was you know biscuits oh my god i didn't think you had the money well, i can't afford the biscuits the thing biscuits like pieces of bread like this is your treat and then they showed it. It was the cookies, but those were kind of shitty looking cookies. <laughs> there was nothing on these cookies. It was just, it basically might as well have been a bread cookie. It was the 70s. We're just going to it from and the they 70s. Were they probably could. They were. I'm sure they had good cookies in the 70s. But anyway, it was a very like impactful scene to show how the, fa- how the family is struggling because the mom's got all this stuff going on. She's got to work. Pro- she's probably working on top of taking care of the kids because the daddy just ran away to deal with his new family. Left his old family. He's busy. Mm. And then, so she's yelling at the kids, upset that Janet is lying about smoking a cigarette. Janet's upset that her mom's not believing her that she didn't smoke the cigarette. Then later on, the mom finds biscuits to kind of apologize to the kid. And would you bother disciplining her, or would you just be like, "I got enough on my plate. You can smoke." I would probably not deal with it. <laughs> You'd be like, "Go, go find your dad. Have him deal with this. I'm tired. I got a lot of my, got a lot on my plate." Yeah, so one of the scariest things in this movie is the whole single mom thing. Mm-hmm. She's got four kids. What was four her kids. job? Did you pick that up? I, they did not say anything about what her job is. Truck driver? <laughs> British truck driver. Um, But we do know at one point she was out of the house working because Janet's homesick. If you're a single mom, how do you do that? You have four young kids. At least they're all in school full time. Yeah, the oldest was 14. The youngest, I think, was but think about that. Every time one's sick, you got to stay home, don't you? Not in the 70s. Probably not in the 70s. You could get away with that, right? Yeah, you could get away with that in the 70s. Now, there was one scene where Ed Warren is painting the demon nun. and He is no Picasso, y'all. Yeah. So he's like, geez, is that bad? I was, yeah, I know Picasso. And the, the, this the, is the, like a pretty pa- awesome The painting is amazing. <laughs> so we were curious, did Ed Warren paint in real life? And according to Mental Floss... After World War Two, the Warrens figured they would make a living doing painting because they were both la- had skills as landscape artists and they harbored a desire to paint. So rather than painting landscapes, the Warrens decided to do a more unusual subject, haunted houses, which Ed found in the newspaper. They'd go to the houses, sketch them, then knock on the door and offer the sketch for information about the haunting. 
Uh, if the story was compelling enough, they'd actually sell, they'd actually paint the house and sell that artwork later. They spent about five years going around the United States painting and investigating haunted houses. So apparently he was an artist, though possibly not a good one because apparently he couldn't make a living. Can anyone make a living as an artist? Probably not. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, I'm guessing graphic designers, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like, how many graphics does a person really need? I don't know. I mean, can anyone make a living doing anything these days? Basically not. Like, uh, banking. Yeah, I guess, maybe. Owning money, you can make a living doing that. Yeah, but you have to have money to begin with. How are you going to get the money? From dad. Mm, what do you mean? Pull up, your boot, pull up your daddy's bootstraps. Yeah, you pull up your dad's bootstraps. He gives you a million dollars. <laughs> All right. You're good. You learn to invest, and then your money makes money. Yeah, but you have to have your daddy give you money in order to invest it well that's the easy part yeah okay what do you want to talk about now so there is this other scene where uh janet it's right after the the remote scene Mm -hmm. the one we were just talking about where she does that pretty sick scream and she's like get out and then the next scene it cuts to her at night uh she's next to her sister and she's tying a jumper around her wrist to a bed like what are you doing i don't want to sleep well Immediately after seeing a ghost. Yeah, I would not tie myself to my bed immediately after seeing a ghost. What I would do is fucking pack up my family and go to a hotel, sleep in the car, go to my neighbor's house, which eventually I do go to the neighbor's house. But yeah, my instinct would not be to tie myself up. In her defense, she is 12, 11, 11. No, no, no. One part they said 11, another part they said 12. Oh, maybe she's like on the cusp. I guess. Well, it was later in the movie that she was 12. Maybe some time had passed. I don't know. But then there's this other scene where the older sister wakes up. There's a knock on the door on her bedroom door, and she opens the door. Yeah. Well, in her sister's defense, she looked over and saw that her sister was out of bed. So maybe she just thought her sister was like, I thought maybe the door had a lock on it. Yeah, you would think that. But yeah, so maybe she just thought her sister was being weird. I don't know. Because she looked over and saw her sister's bed was empty. So she, I think she assumed it was her sister at the door. Yeah. I feel like I would never answer a knock. I would say, who's there? You know what I mean? A knock? First off, I'm not going to answer a knock on the front door. Yeah. Let alone a door in my house. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. This happened in the previous movie, too. Remember, at the very beginning, there's the, the two girls and then the one guy for some reason. Yeah, they never talk about that guy. Yeah, they didn't, right? No, I don't know who he was. This last time that I watched The Conjuring, this is the first time I even noticed there was a guy there. Yeah, he was just quietly, he said nothing. He didn't when say they, a single word. So this was at the very beginning of Conjuring 1 when they're going over how they got the Annabelle doll. Mm-hmm. There's those two chicks and... But I think we did discuss this in the last episode. No, but now we're talking about the knock. Oh, right, right, the knock. So they hear a knock at the front door. They open it for some reason. Mm, I wouldn't open the door. No. And then there's nobody there. There's no one there because there never is. They hear a knock on one of the doors inside their place and they open that. Yeah. Plus, we know if there's a knock on our door, it's going to be a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And I've gotten myself locked out of my own house because of that. Mm hmm. They tried to get me. You guys. You they tried explain to that sell. <laughs> okay. So the I opened the door and one of my cats was trying to get out. So I was like, I'm going to prevent my cat from getting out. And I shut the door behind me, not thinking that I, I don't know why the door was still locked, but it was locked. And then I had to talk to them. I didn't. I couldn't find my spare key, so I was just outside until Andrew got home from work. 
<laughs> this was in the before times, before we had kids. But anyway, they were trying to talk to me about the Bible and sell it to me like a Harry Potter book. So that, I don't know if I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, that was, no, yeah. They're like, oh, you part. like Harry Potter? You like to read? It's well, like, yeah. We, have have we got a story book. for you. Oh, man. One of my friends is a Mormon, and he had to do, like, the knocking on people's doors, trying to recruit them and stuff. He said he's been, like, chased out and, like, shot at and stuff. Oh, like, my it's, God. It's dangerous work. Well, I'm never mean to them when I when I get stuck with them, but no. it's just, it's uncomfortable, I think, for everyone. Maybe less so for them because they believe they have a higher, yeah. I feel like I'm being kind of sending, but, you know, well, like. What's the proper way to deal with that besides locking yourself out of your own house? I, well, I knew that I was stuck with them. Like, then they're like, well, no. And then they were like, well, we'll come by then tomorrow and bring you a Bible. I was like, cool. And I was not home. I th- I think I had work the next day. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be here. Hey, you just say, oh, I'm already into all that. I already have a religion. I'm Catholic. I was yeah, baptized. I, Sorry. I all of, I'm yours even. Yeah. So, yeah My I husband's go got like 10 wives. Are they more? I don't know. I'll, ask, I'll have to ask Jared about that. No, they do have... They do have wives. Yeah, they have sister wives, right? Wives. Yeah. Anyway. All right. And now we get to the scene where the police come to investigate. Yes, because the family runs out of the house and they go to the neighbor's house and the neighbor's husband calls the police to investigate because, oh, the, they, the, the reason the family ran is because the daughter got bit by the ghost. Yeah, it's like, there is a dude in our house. So the family came running out because there was a bite mark. Yep. So the police show up. Well, first off. Now, the scene with the dresser, where the mom sees the dresser move, Yes, that kind of shocked me the first time I saw it, because it felt like it was very early in the movie for the ghost to be confirmed. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that usually happens maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. Yes. So it happened pretty early on in this, at least for the mom. Mm-hmm. And then the police come. Mm-hmm. And then they see Which crazy stuff. Which, I honestly, I, I, liked, I like how the police saw it. <laughs> I like I like how it didn't they didn't drag out the whole oh no one else is witnessing this the family must be crazy yeah, like was, I like how there was actual witnesses pretty early on to the beginning yeah it was a unique timeline yes. I thought, for this movie because that never really happened no because they drag it out and it kind of like after a while it's like come on everyone keeps missing it it gets frustrating this was nice yeah so the police see it and then the chick. So it's like, oh, nothing we can do about that. Nope. I will say that the 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 lady police officer definitely had more of a head on her shoulders. She was figuring things out, backing on things, like, give me a chair, let me investigate. Yep. And this is based on a real character who really did see that and put it in her police report. Yep, she put in her affidavit. Affidavit? Affidavit. Affidavit. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, so she wrote, we saw a chair slide across the room. There were no wires. And then she was like, yeah, there's, this is kind of out of our pay grade. We can't help you. But going back, I guess, to this timeline thing, mm-hmm. uh, when you think about it, the Warrens had to be convinced. Mm-hmm. So that whole part kind of fit into the, the standard timeline, right? It did. It took the Warrens kept, yeah. Where they just kept missing things. They kept not seeing things. It was like stuff would happen. The mom would see something happen, but they they were around but didn't see it. Didn't see it. It's, I felt less frustrating with the Warrens. I don't know why. What do you mean? Like that they weren't seeing uh, things. I don't know why. I guess because I just assumed they would see it eventually. So I don't <laughs> you know. kind of know that's going to happen. Like, yeah, so I don't know. But I liked how the police got to see the... the oh, and the neighbor, too. The neighbors, very nice neighbors. 
Mm-hmm. Totally just let the whole family move in. Helped out a lot. We're like, yeah. yeah. Got their house destroyed. Yeah. Remember in The Conjuring 1 when they were like, yeah. where are we going? Where are we going to take in all of our kids? Well, the English are apparently much nicer because yeah. they did that. But and it cost them their whole house. It cost them, yeah. And uh, the dog lived, though, I think. The dog, yeah, the dog lived. Well, but I don't really know what happened to no, the no, dog. It shows the dog at the end. Oh, okay, the dog because lived. Because at one point, the dog. he's going to let the dog out. So they're training the dog. Conveniently, I think it's a movie thing. I don't know if this actually happened, but then to ring a bell to go outside to go potty. And the little boy's like, why is your dog doing this? And they're like, oh, to go potty. And then in the middle of the night when they're all sleeping in the living room of the neighbor's house, the dog rings the bell. Eliza, ding up a bell. Ding. What? I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just want to control Eliza. Okay. Okay. I don't think she's going to listen to you. I don't think she will. But yeah, and then the dog turns into the crooked man. Which... The Crooked Man is a song that Janet and her, the named brother, I think they're all named, but Billy. <laughs> Billy the there's two brothers, but really there's just one brother. Yeah, no one really cares. I think the older one is Johnny, but no one really cares about him until the end. Maybe they look the same. There's probably some scenes where they had the well, other brother do something. I think I think Billy just stood out more because he has the stutter. Yeah, he had a characteristic. He has a characteristic. There's and the Janet. Girl, and the other girl who's like towering over Margaret, the kids. Janet and Janet was helping Billy with his stutter with the creepy music box singing that song, Crooked Man. Yep. So there's stuttering Billy, and then there's the the other one. Yeah. Just kid number four. Kid number four. The one that they didn't really need, but I guess the family had four kids. So, so they, you know. They didn't want to just kill off one of the members. Yeah. But again, but the, they had a creepy music box again because in the Conjuring one, there was a creepy music box, but I think this one must have come with the family. I don't freaking know. They didn't establish where they got the music box. Yeah. And now the Warrens had the the job of observing. Because um, Lorraine wanted to get out, kind of. She wanted to break. Like, yeah, we don't want to actually get involved. We just want to observe. So what do they do? <laughs> they got involved. They got involved because there's no... Because in the act of observing, they're getting involved. They have to do tests. That invo- that's involvement. Yeah, that... What did that mean? What did Ed mean? Like, oh, we're just going to... We're just going to watch. Like, were they just going to... I thought they were just going to have the British folk run everything, but no. Ed and Lorraine got there, and we're just like, we're doing this, we're doing that. Boom. (laughs) Now, when they're doing their little experiments, Mm -hmm. and Janet has to sit in the chair with water in her mouth to make sure she's not the one talking. Yes. Did that make any sense? No, it made no sense because every single footage of her, her mouth was moving. Yeah, her mouth was moving. It's coming. Even though that vote, yeah. So I don't understand. I liked how they filmed it though. Yeah. Because everyone's in the background. He's in the background. So everyone's back is torn because eventually she's like, he's he won't talk unless you guys aren't looking at me. So everyone turns their turns around, but like Ed is kind of looking out of the corner of his eye, Mm -hmm. and then but you just see the blurry thing. So when the old man starts talking, her shape changes to the old man. Yeah, I I love that. That was like that's a really cool. That is very the 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 cinematography in these movies are great. Like Mm -hmm. the way they I I top notch. Did you notice the Barney song? It is not the bar. Well, it, no, 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 no. The ghost is whistling the Barney. No, song. he was. Sw- <laughs> this old man can <laughs> knickknack paddywhack is what I he's. I love you. You love me. Okay, we're we think it's the same tune. Knickknack paddywhack. This old man. Cause it's an old man. It's no. It, this old man. He came home. He played knickknack paddywhack. It's an old man. Knickknack paddywhack. Yeah, I mean maybe. <sighs> 
But yeah, now that you pointed it out, it sounds like Bart, the That's I Love You song. Yeah, but it's Knick Knack Patty Rack. Because mean, Logan used to, there used to be a, um, a CD that Logan would listen to in the van, and that had that song on it, so I know it. The Barney song? No. Ah. Okay. Okay. Now, there was a scene where Janet is faking an encounter. Yes. She's destroying the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Bent spoons. She bent a spoon. She bent a mother effing spoon in front of a camera. <laughs> Convenient. Yeah, th- and... uh. This is a big deal because this did happen. This is recorded history. Mm-hmm. They were caught faking an event. Yes. And she bent a spoon. Yep. It mentioned the spoon. And I liked, because <laughs> I forgot, I kind of didn't remember all the details of this scene. Because uh, we, we read about what really happened. Yes, I did a spoon. I read and about then, before watching, yeah. And then the guy picks up the bent spoon. He's like, oh my, my God. God. Like, and mind you, the entire kitchen is destroyed. There's knives all over the place. The table's tipped over, but it's this bent spoon. Yeah, like, a human spoon. being could not bend a spoon. I guess maybe just like a... It wasn't even like a dinner... It was like no. a ladle-like type of spoon. It I feel like they're like easier, battle, easier to bend than... Yeah. So, she bent the spoon. Mm-hmm. And I like how... When you read the real-life account, it's so obviously fake. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they kind of worked that in. They did. They did it wonderfully. Yeah, they did it really well. I mean, because like the girl, the girls were caught faking it. How many events? Um, two, three, maybe? a couple. I don't think I actually wrote down how many in my research notes. At least one. I think it was more than one that they were caught. And then they're like, yeah, the other ones are real. Yeah. Like you sort of lost all credibility. <laughs> so like with the moving chairs, I mean. I think what they said is only... Two percent of what they did was fake. Yeah, why <laughs> they gave a weird percent. Yeah, why would you fake any of I it? I also, but we'll get to this at when we get to the the real life. Or should we, should we just get to it now? Let's get to it. Now. Um, at one point in some of the interviews that I was reading with Janet, they kept stressing that she didn't think that the spirit's will was going to harm them. That kind of does happen in the Conjuring. Yeah, it is a friendly spirit. And then there's the demon. Yeah, so the demon is keeping the spirit captured. So Will, he wanted to go home. He wanted to go be dead officially, and he couldn't. And then he wanted to help the, I guess, help. Yeah, he helped. He got to Lorraine to tell her, yo, this is what's going on. Yep. It's the fucking nun. That's not really a nun. It was a demon. (laughs) So we're going to jump into the real story. According to the research that I did, in the scene where... The dresser goes flying across the room and locks, shuts the door. In real life, Peggy, the mom, couldn't move the drawer, like couldn't move the dresser back. They think the Bill Wilkins voice may have been a suggestion planted in Janet's head by Maurice Gross, the British paranormal investigator, because what he said one night, Janet explains that one night Gross told them, all we need now is the voices to talk. Almost immediately following his suggestion, they did. The voices were mainly growled, barked, and made similar noises prior to the, or made, like, made those noises. And most of the time, when the voices happened, it was when no one else was in the room with Janet and Margaret. They had also some pretty good evidence of the child levitating. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta look these up. It's just her jumping out of a bed. Which, kudos to the fake Ed and Lorraine. <laughs> In the movie. It just looks like they're jumping. It just looks like they're jumping. Look at the angle. I like how they were playing the skeptics kind of in this movie. Yeah, you know they're not that at all. You know, (laughs) and they're just like, you know, we need more evidence. Because their thing is they have to have good evidence so they can get the back of the church to help them. So they're supposed to look at everything hard because as soon as they don't, as soon as there's one thing that the church can point to or anyone else can point to, 
as a fake, it's not going to work. And apparently the Warrens were only there for about a day. Maybe. For about a day. They came uninvited. They just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yo, we're here. This movie should not have had the Warrens in it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how dumb of a movie this would have been, though, if they just... If they did everything real, yeah, just stuck to what really happened, the facts of the case mm-hmm. of a bunch of kids jumping out of beds. Bedding spoons. But this one, we get like demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. We get the spooky nun yep. who gets her own movie. We get to hear Ed Warren sing Elvis. Mm-hmm. Ed Warren gets to sing Elvis. Oh, we find out that the dad was nice and left the guitar behind. Yep. After we found out that he took all the music with him, literally took the music out of the home. Literally, he took all our records. Just left his crappy guitar. Left his crappy guitar and went to go be a dad to twins, leaving his poor other kids. Leaving his practice family. The activity began because of a Ouija board, which, so in the movie, the kids make the Ouija board out of like a life cereal box. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's like Janet and her friend. And nothing seems to work on the Ouija board. So do you think the Ouija board actually worked? Or do you think the spirit was going to just come out eventually and that just happened to be? I have no idea. Because well, they it, made it a big deal about work. like showing that. Yeah, it didn't seem to work. Nothing was moving. And they made a big deal about showing her put it on their bed. But I think that's just so that the mom could find it later and be like, what are you doing with this? We have a Ouija board. Yeah, we're not doing a Ouija board in this house. No. I've had this Ouija board for probably 10 years. I've never used it once because Ashley will not let me. Refuse. Not in our house. It's just, they seem so cool. Yeah, do it at someone else's house. Hmm. All right. If you have a house that we can do this Ouija board in, what if I track the ghost in? That's true. I've learned from the warrant that that can happen. Yeah. It can follow you. It doesn't necessarily just stay in the house. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like our house would lend itself to being haunted, and I just don't want to. Ba- I just don't want to. I don't think a ghost would stay here long. Sure, like, they would. Stuck here because of money. Yeah. But a uh, ghost. Like, you see a big, giant, abandoned mansion. You think, of course a ghost is going to live there. Mm -hmm. But a ghost would not live here. There's no way. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I'm going to say a bunch of people probably died here. And there's no ghosts. All right. I mean, this house is not that old. Okay. And now we're going to do a segment on adult fears. All right. Do you want to start? Yes. My adult fear is car crashes. That's it. It's terrifying. Okay. Okay. I hate, hate. One of my anxieties is driving cars i fucking hate it i'm really glad i'm not working because i don't have to drive i've had as you can attest to how many times i come home and i i hate it i'm not terrible at driving i just hate it oh okay yeah this this is actually one of the things that i'm afraid of like especially with kids when i have the kids and i I have the kids kids. oh like if it's me and you driving oh i think what if we both get a car accident that's true yeah i always think that i will get into a car accident and kill everyone pretty dope no. That sounds cool. No, but yeah, I don't. I, I, oh, if, kill if, your family. Yes. If, if I could not drive anymore, that would be ideal. But I don't have a choice. And I make a lot of choices and decisions in life around not having to drive. <laughs> Mine, I got a bunch of them here that I'm drawing out of a mason jar. And uh, today's fear. <laughs> <laughs> he drew a uh, he drew a little literal sheet of paper that says "adult fear." <laughs> yeah, that's not supposed to be in there. Taking a picture of this for our Instagram. We have an Instagram I gonna, now. I was gonna tape that to the jar. And then oh, okay. Put it in. Identity theft. Uh, that's a good one. This one happened to me. Mm-hmm. So we're just having a nice sunny day last year i think it was around the beginning of august we're having a nice sunny (laughs) pandemic-y day (sighs) so i 
I get the mail, mm-hmm. and there's a bill, like yeah, a medical bill in there for like what eight hundred dollars. Yeah, from back like in that? so this would be September. That was back in July or June of that year. Like, what the hell is this? So, so I'm looking at the dates. It was like July twenty eighth. It's like I don't remember. I was at the hospital, and like I think I'm going crazy. I was like, was I? Did I get some medical shit done, and I don't remember? And it, it was similar to something that I had before, which is microscopic hematuria, which I got checked out. That's blood in the pee. Blood in the pee. Microscopic. Microscopic. Mm-hmm. That was a fun fear itself. Yeah. Because I go in there that day, do a urine test, mm-hmm. and she's like, do you have blood in your urine? I'm like, no. She's like, you have blood in your urine. <laughs> oh, What'd my she God. ask you? <laughs> So I'm like, have you ever had blood in your urine? Oh, okay, like, that makes that a lot more sense than, do, do you have blood? No. no. You have blood in your urine. Oh, my God. So that's scary to hear. I'm, I'm thinking I'm dying. And I feel like this was shortly after I was having my gallbladder issues. Probably. So we were both, like, convinced that we were both. So, yeah, I always think I'm dying. And I no longer have a gallbladder, so. Yeah. And so I got that checked out. Turned out to be fine. But then about a year later, I get a bill, and it's for someone with gross hematuria. And it's gross because you can see it. Ugh, okay. Yeah. That's how doctors <laughs> name stuff. I'm like, this shit is... Disgusting. I mean, yeah. Geriatric pregnancy, anyone after 35, screw that. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is similar to something that I had. The dates are wrong. Maybe they billed me a year late. And then I'm like... I try to, I call up to dispute it. That doesn't go great. And then I got another bill for $15,000. Because he did surgery or something? Or no? no. Was he just in the, ho- the hospital? Oh, the hospital, yeah. The yeah. other one was like the physician's bill. Right. He was in the hospital. And so I'm calling to debate this bill. Mm-hmm. Like going through all this, all these hoops. It goes like, on for quite a while. Months, months and months. Like eight months. Of just all this like running around, people not being able to help you. Yeah. Sorry, so, this is your story. But. No, no, no. no. I mean, you were involved. But yeah, it was basically that. It was me calling someone like, oh, you better call these people. So I called them and then they'd send me to other people to call who would send me somewhere else. And they'd be like, oh, we don't know. We we we, we can't help you. Try these people. Then they send me back to the first people that I called. But then you got a hero. Well, who was my hero? The lady that was like, yo, I, I remember the shady guy. I didn't trust him. Right. I felt like he's used other names a few times well i had the the thing is i had the hospital bill resolved before that oh okay so i put in that dispute they didn't even tell me it was resolved i never you never get like a call back it's just they fixed it and i have to hope for the best Mm -hmm. and then so that was the fifteen thousand dollar bill that was taken care of but then like the other bill which is now jacked up to like thirteen hundred dollars i i'm still getting that one and that's when I called a bunch of people. They kept giving me the runaround. Mm-hmm. They they were like, "Is this the hospital bill or is this the physician's bill?" I'm like, I don't know what the difference is. It's a bill. It's a bill yeah. from the hospital. But I wasn't like, there. This is, this is all your lingo. I don't know what this means. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. <laughs> and so I'm disputing that. I eventually called the physician herself, who was actually the first person I called in this mess. Mm-hmm. I called her up and. No, wait, I called somebody else and they gave me her number. <laughs> so I called her up and she's like, who is this? I was like, I explained myself. Like, well, how, how did you get this number? Like, oh, because <laughs> the person I originally called it must have just Googled her number. Okay. It was probably her personal number. And she's like having dinner and stuff. Uh. Like, yeah, we. I don't deal with this. And then a year later I called her. She's like, oh, I remember that guy. He seemed really weird. 
Like, he kept coming in with, like, different names. I don't know how she remembered this. Well, but it's an odd. You remember odd things. Yeah, but you... Some... It happens. It's really odd. It sticks with you. But I, my big fear through all of this is that the truth wouldn't matter. Yep. <laughs> that it wasn't there. Because, like, I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. So... I could say I was working. They're like, well, did anybody see you? And I'm like, no. My wife and kids? <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't prove it that. I had, like, work emails that I saved, which I didn't end up needing to show them. <sighs> but at the end of the day, I thought they were just going to be like, oh, your name's on this paper. So it's you're yours. officially here. You officially owe all this money. And then I'd take it to court, and the judge would be like, I mean, this is your name, isn't it? It's your name. Your wife's phone number, because for some reason, it has my phone number. Yeah, it had your phone number. So that was my adult fear. Identity theft. Mm-hmm. Seems like it can happen really easily. Yep. That's a, that's a good fear. Yeah, it makes a great, it, I love it. It makes mine sound a little more mundane. Is what, dying? In a car, car crash. Yeah. I hate car crash. We're not even dying, just getting severely injured. Oh, I love... That's one of my... <sighs> oh, God. But yeah, I... I always thought about this, like, getting in a car accident, you, like, break an arm or leg or something, get, like, maybe a month off. How much time would you get off? Would I get off? Yeah, I would get no time off, because I'd have to keep your kids going you know you could play that up though andrew you gotta get the food my leg's broken no i thought if you were you had the broken arm oh. <laughs> the broken leg yeah i always thought about that like when i'm having a bad day i'm driving to work like man should just be, swerve into it'd always be worth my losing my car just to I mean, break an, a limb to be fair you'd probably be driving sally and we can get rid of sally that's true that thing's probably gonna yeah. break at, at best, Sally is short for Salazar because it's a green car. Yeah, but yeah, good yep. fears. So that's my adult fear, and that will be the end of this week's podcast episode. Next week we were taking a break from movies, and we will be either talking about folklore monsters and stuff, or personal spooky stories. We don't know yet. We'll decide it when we record it. That's a good yes, and then the week the after, episode. and then the week after that will be the Conjuring, I believe. Yep. Um, is that right? That sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. Okay. So until next time, cabineers, I want you to keep it creepy. And spooky. Bye.